Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. And we are actually recording at Sophie's house today for the first time ever. We are. Change of scenery. So hopefully the acoustics are okay. Yeah, I do have... I live in an old building and I have a little bit of noisy neighbors. So if you hear anything... It's just them. It's really just them walking around. Yeah, well, I don't know what they're doing. It could be construction. I don't know. But nothing can be worse than the COVID episode that I did when I was in Ireland and I used my AirPods to record, <laughs> and it was the worst audio we've ever done. But we just had to go with it because I was like, I'm not recording again. No, and it didn't sound that way when we were doing it live. It was bad. It just like transferred over. Did not- you listen to it again after? After I, after we released it, yes, and it was bad. <laughs> like it's not bad, but yeah, it was. I was like, it didn't sound like this because I would have been like, this doesn't sound right. Good. That's okay. You live and you learn. Yeah, I don't blame you for not packing your microphone to Ireland. <laughs> I almost didn't bring my laptop. Yeah, so but, yeah. At least I brought that. But yeah, we are excited to be back. This is our first episode recording in person in a while, actually. At least four episodes. Yeah. It feels good to be back. Yes, it does. It is nice. We actually requested, we had people request us to do a live recording and they wanted to be our studio audience. They did. (laughs) But then, I don't know, I got shy. Maybe someday. I think it would be fun, but it was literally, it wasn't like fans of the pod. Well, it is fans of the pod. They listen. But it's It's like our our close friends. We're We're actually going over to watch Survivor later today. Yes, after this, after this recording. But... I think we would have laughed, like, the whole time. Oh, for sure. Like, it, it wouldn't have been a successful recording. I feel like you would have laughed, and I would have been, like, really serious. Yeah, and you would have been like, okay, seriously, guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I would have just been like, Jenna's pissed. Because I can, like, rip out, like, TikToks and stuff, and you're, yeah. like, kind of embarrassed by them. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. And I have, like, no shame. No, it's good. And it's not that I... Sometimes I'm embarrassed, yes, but I actually just think I would have laughed because I would just like seen their faces, and I feel like they would have been trying to make us laugh. Like, yes, they just would have been. Well, when I was with Tom during my COVID quarantine, I asked him to join the pod, and he respectfully declined. So yeah, not into it. That's okay, but you know, maybe in the future we'll have live episodes. That could be and, fun. Uh, we could have our fans live studio audience. Yeah, have a live studio audience. That'd but be actually so fun. It would be. Maybe we can find something local yeah we could we could do it local and then all of our 10 fans will show up yeah it'll be so great (laughs) we do have more than 10 fans but yeah but yeah we're gonna go watch survivor we are survivor fans yeah um we haven't i haven't watched every past season but i've watched a lot of them and i haven't watched live in so long except for the last season we had a group of people get together to watch live and we're gonna do it this season we're a few episodes behind so we're gonna start it tonight and then pick back yes and i actually never was a survivor fan like ever um we'll get into this but sophie was a big survivor (laughs) fan and she would talk to me about it and i would be like okay that's cool good for you yeah i was like never truly into it and then with covid you know, I had some downtime, so I started watching yeah. a few seasons, and it quickly became an obsession, and yeah. I'm obsessed. And it was so fun to watch it live with our friends, so I'm excited to do it again this season. I know. I actually wish they were two-hour episodes, because it goes by really fast for only one hour. But I think, I know all, or 
most of the seasons are on Amazon Prime Video and then Hulu. Hulu has a bunch. Okay, Netflix has like two Netflix seasons. Netflix has two. If you are watching from the beginning, don't make my mistake. And Google what you should start off with watching because you don't necessarily have to watch all 40 seasons or whatever yeah. amount there is. But you don't want to watch the best one first because <laughs> then your expectations are really high. So I yeah. watched heroes versus villains yeah first before i watched any other season yeah. and it's like known among all survivor fans as the best or best season of survivor yes. ever yeah and i watched it first so it was like now everything and it's, it's repeat, still really fun and it's repeat people <laughs> yeah so it's like you didn't even see these people's first seasons which it's hard because they they usually have a lot of not like usually but repeat people are always kind of sprinkled in every yes. couple seasons or a full season of repeat people so it's hard to avoid, but yeah, you need to just watch the key seasons. Watch them all if you want to and you have time, but you need to just like know the main characters. Yes. And then watch Heroes vs. Villains. Yes. Because it's amazing. And I still like was obsessed. It's like, really That's good. what made, made me become obsessed. Yeah. But you're supposed to watch other things first. Yes. So Google it. I'm not the expert. Or ask Dr. Jordan Bolger. <laughs> yeah. He can give you, um, he can give you the recs. He's actually seen all of them. Yes. And he, like, knows. He'll be like, oh, is that per- that's the person from season 34, right? Like, I don't think he's seen all of them, but he's seen all the important ones. But I just still can't remember. I can't believe he knows people Maybe from Maybe we could get Jordan on the pod and have him talk about Survivor. Because I feel like it. he would be a really good guest. Maybe Tom will come on then if they c- those two can talk about yeah. Survivor. <laughs> um, Survivor strategy. Yeah, so a little secret of mine with Survivor. Well, I grew up watching Survivor with my mom, like... The very early days, like I remember the first season. Um, and the I, very first season ever. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. <laughs> My dog is <laughs> annoying. Um, I auditioned for Survivor. Or yes. Applied a- or audition. 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 It was be a right. video. Yeah, it was a live casting. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't a video. Yeah, it was on video. Oh, they took a video of you. Yeah, but I didn't. But you can also take your own video. Yeah, and send some people it in. apply by like taking a video of themselves in their home or wherever and then sending it in. And I think that's how people get picked if they're not scouted, which a lot of people are. Yes. Because if you notice, a lot of people will be like ex professional athletes, child stars. Well, not all of them. There'll be a few of them sprinkled yes. in. Yes. I would say it's like half and half. Half and half? Maybe. No way. Okay. I feel like every season there's like one token person that you may know, which would be like an ex NBA player Maybe, or yeah. ex football player. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's right. To hear half. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to know. But tell us about your audition. Oh, so it was uh, at the Minneapolis Convention Center, and I was in line for three hours. Like that's how many people were there. And you took a day off of work. I took a half day of work. Okay, but yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, now it sounds so embarrassing. <laughs> I like kind of knew it wasn't gonna happen, but I was like, I gotta shoot your shot, you know? For sure. Um, and then it's one minute in front of the camera. Don't ask me what I said because I don't remember, and I'm sure it sounded and one minutes long, actually. or maybe it was thirty seconds. Okay. And um, I'm sure it sounded exactly like what everyone else says. So, yeah, obviously I didn't get a call back. But uh, my brother went to law school with one of the producer's 
sons oh really he's an, he's an ex-producer like he's not a producer anymore okay and i was like hook me up <laughs> and my brother's like no i'm like that's my in that would be <laughs> your one in so um or you could yeah. like find these producers on linkedin and just like harass them on linkedin it's a good idea if you're passionate about joining um i would do it 100 percent. i think anyone in our friend group who watches would do it and have fun yes could do it and have fun yes <laughs> i'm just picturing can you picture hannah doing i it? guess my <laughs> thing is i guess hannah maybe Aaron, would Erin do it i know she really likes watching i don't know if don't she's know if talked it. passionately about um being on it but hannah i th- well she's so competitive and she's so athletic i think she'd be good at that and yeah. she's like super social but yeah. as far as like the strategic side where you need to like blindside people and do yeah, that, I, I just she like would, she would yeah. just like giggle the whole time. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would crush it. Okay. I really do. <laughs> I don't disagree. We even were like, we should apply together as like friends, yes. but then we're like our friendship might be ruined. I really don't think it would be a good idea for us to join together because like eventually those those duos when you like go with people you know they get split up yeah and you have to choose sides yeah and i truly think we are both so competitive i think it would ruin our friendship yeah (laughs) for sure yep unless we made like a blood alliance or what's what's it called in harry potter oh you're not a harry potter fan oh rip don't say that i've seen the movies and i think it's great um it's one of those like agreements, like a blood pact. And if you, gosh, I can't remember it. I'm Sorry. a fake fan. It's okay. Anyways, so no callback for Survivor. Maybe next time. Yeah, if anyone's out there listening who has a hookup, let me know. <laughs> let me She's know. interested. I'd do it. What would be your strategy? I don't know. I would try to be like the, the middle of the pact. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to stand out. Yes. But I still need to be impressive. I will stand out physically. Okay. You would, because you're athletic. I I will stand out, yes. And then, like, I'll just be friends with everybody. Yeah. Because I'm athletic. I'm, like, coordinated. But I don't, like, have the height or necessarily, like, like, strength. You're naturally taller and stronger. So you would dominate athletically compared to other females. And would definitely be able to keep up with males. Yes. Thank you. I agree. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I say that with full sincerity. But I feel like you would be like the mastermind. Like you would have somebody like that looks like their leader and you're really like puppeteering them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have to do some behind the scenes A things. little Parvati type. Yeah. Parvati. Parv. Yeah. She, I love her. Me too. Uh, and Erica. Yes. Yeah. Goat love her um yeah so we're doing that tonight wait erica was last season yeah okay she's like moat <laughs> mediocre of all time <laughs> yeah but i really liked her vibe me too me too that's like, she was likable that's what i feel like i would try to do mm-hmm. is like middle of the pack yes but poverty is amazing yeah so if there's any other survivor fans out there and you want us to you know give our hot takes once we catch up let us know yeah we'll start doing that yeah for sure 
So what else is new this weekend? Sophie and I have spent every waking hour together. Yep. <laughs> Day three of seeing each other in a row. Um, nothing crazy. Friday we just hung out we, with Sarah. We had Italian both nights. We had Italian food both <laughs> nights. Noodles, pasta both nights. Um, we got a red rabbit Friday. So good. So good. And then we got... Broder's Pasta Bar. Yeah, Saturday. They're both like one of the like two top Italian places in Minneapolis. Very we good. We just kind of balled out there. We did some little shopping on Saturday. We did. We went thrifting. Yeah. We didn't find a ton, but we went thrifting. I did. I found a swivel chair. Yeah, that's right. I found a swivel chair that I'm going to reupholster and resell. Yes. So, so follow the Thrifted North. <laughs> follow the Thrifted the North thrifted if you want to see those updates. I just actually posted a tiktok on it oh yeah okay check it out yeah yeah i didn't get anything thrifting but then we went to a zero waste store and i got reusable makeup pads and a reusable (laughs) (laughs) q-tip which i've never used but i'm hoping it works well (laughs) (laughs) wow what a great weekend for us (laughs) crazy And made it home in time to watch some Netflix and go to bed early. It was great. Did you watch The Dropout? No, I was honestly too tired. Okay, but you have been watching. I have been watching. And where are you right now? I think I have done watched four episodes. Okay, so The Dropout, for everybody listening, is the Elizabeth Holmes Hulu series that I was talking about. Yes, it's a dramatized... It's not a, it's not a docu-series. No. It's a dramatized... How do you say that? Dramatization? I don't know. I know, you know what, what I'm trying, trying to say. say. Okay, yes. yeah. So like Amanda Seyfried is yes. playing uh, Elizabeth, Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. So good. I haven't watched the most recent episode, but it's it's just dramatized. Yes, dramatized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I am obsessed. It's so well produced. So mm-hmm. I also started listening to the Dropout podcast. Mm-hmm. Which is done by EBC, and it's really, which is what the show is based. Yeah, off it's what of. the show is based off of. So I was like wondering if it would just be like kind of, um, you know, double exposure to or like what am I trying to say? Like overkill re- rewatching to both the same and thing and watching yeah. it. No, you get more information on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, it's I'm so gonna fun listen to, to that watch, next. but the yeah. podcast is great to listen to because you get all of this great information and like perfect. all these great facts because it's a journalist doing it. Yeah, perfect. That's what I need. So I'm done with like the first season of the dropout on um, the podcast, but then they actually did a second <gasps> season where they cover the trial. Ooh. So I'm halfway through that right okay. now. And okay. I, <laughs> I've just been listening to it nonstop. I love that. That's kind of how I've been the past week with the undisclosed podcast oh, and yeah. you gave a recommendation on a non-sayed like i've been excited for work every day because i get to put that in and listen and i'll <laughs> listen to it at the gym which is like heavy stuff to listen to at the gym yeah it is i do that sometimes too i'll i'll go for a run mm-hmm. and i'll put on a podcast and it's it's like most people i maybe most people could do that but it's funny to me it's like this slow podcast talking about i always do it for national park after dark which yeah it's just like a serious storytelling like um spooky national park podcast yeah it's just like kind of a fun i like to run listening to. to a podcast when i run especially because it gets my mind off of the pain yeah yes <laughs> mm. makes it go by faster i ran for the first time since covid covid hit me hard like yeah. i'm feeling side effects two weeks after and i know people feel side have felt side effects months and even years after now so i'm hoping that's not my yeah. case but just like 
extreme fatigue and like I feel really tired after doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I went on a run and I ran a 12 minute mile. <laughs> At least you ran. Yeah. It's okay. It's I'll okay. get back into it. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Just like positive reinforcement, I think. And the weather is nice. So it's an even better reason to though? get outside. Well, the snow has gone. Yeah. And the sun is out, but it's chilly. Well, I feel like spring is in the air, like regardless. It it's not like negative temperatures. It's 30 degrees. I think which just feels warm right last today. week it was 60 degrees. Yeah, it was, so fake, it was fake spring. I know. And I fell for it. I fell yeah. very hard for it. I'm like, it's here. We made it. <laughs> I did too. I was outside today hanging up like my string lights in my yeah. yard, like in my winter jacket and boots. But I was like, it's spring. <laughs> love it and i'm feeling crafty like i'm like ready to work on projects and stuff yeah you've like flipped some furniture mostly just for your living situation so um i know you have a couple projects you're doing something with a table you have the chair and then you have a couple other outdoor chairs that you're gonna yes sophie found some beautiful rattan chairs for me they're super cute i i feel like they're like opal house target or something like they're cute well, they look like they would be from there. Yeah. So, and she found them last year because she knows that's, like, the style I want. And she she was literally FaceTiming me while grabbing them because they were in somebody's dumpster. They were in somebody's trash. They were, like, right next to the trash in the alley. Yes. Yeah, as, like, pick up for solid waste. So Sophie's grabbing them while FaceTiming me, and then I hear somebody yelling, and I was like, oh, shit. Busted. Somebody's yelling at her for grabbing them. And they really just wanted to tell you that they had black mold on them. And that's why they were getting rid of it, because... And she said, she said, it's easy to get rid of. It's just a project I didn't want to do. So I just want you to know, which I'm like, that's really nice of you because what if. I don't know if I would have noticed that. Yeah. Because it's just little black specks on it. Yeah. And you probably would just be like, oh, it's a little, it's dirty because they're right. used. Uh, and you don't want that sitting in your house. No. And they God, haven't no. been sitting in your house. But yeah, you're going to. Yeah. So I'm going to like those. bleach them and clean them. Like I've looked up the process on how to. And they'll probably be outdoor chairs. They are outdoor chairs. Yeah. Yes. So. See, I'm going to have a little outdoor oasis set up. I'm feeling crafty. Yeah. I'm feeling motivated. I'm excited to come over and check it out once it's yeah, all done. You'll have to come over for some drinks. Yeah. Cocktails. Maybe we could do an outdoor pod. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> That's when we can have the audience. Oh, yeah. I'll set up all the lawn chairs. Yes. <laughs> yes. That'd be funny. Love it. I support. <laughs> I support. So stay tuned. Yes. Be on the lookout. So should we get into the stories? Yes, let's get into it. So I'm horrible this week. Stop. I'm just <laughs> Actually, for a second, I freaked out. <sighs> That's my favorite joke to do. Every week, people are just like, we get it. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I'm only scaring you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm horrible this okay. week. Okay. Well, then I'm not telling the story. Okay, cool. <laughs> People just wanted me to be the solo yes, host anyway, so it works true. out. Um, I did get some complaints last week saying I need to get off the pod. Yeah, people are like, please, please stop. And I'm like, please, guys. Please stop talking. She needs a hobby. Please <laughs> let her be on it. Okay, yeah. anyway. What's the tea? So the story I'm doing this week is the disappearance of Madeline McCann. Ooh, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? And my sources this week are nationalworld.com, Wikipedia, and BBC. 
and wow you branched out no <laughs> well i was like jenna won't let me just do wikipedia well no, wasn't just it nice because it actually like separated it into timelines for you yeah it was <laughs> but especially for a big story like this. yeah i will say I, I couldn't find an article that was just like, here's the story. It was like very compressed or it just like really focused on certain parts of the story. Yes. So I did have to pull from a couple different sources, which is fine. Yes. Okay. So in the May of, in May of 2007, Madeline McCann from Rothley, Leicestershire, Leicestershire. Oh God. Leicestershire. Leicestershire? Maybe. Leicestershire? Yeah, sure. Is it, were they from the UK? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it was something like that. Okay. That's... Leicestershire? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's the first and last time I will <laughs> talk about the city. Um, Or is that a... I don't know. Okay. Don't ask me. Okay. <laughs> so in May of 2007, Madeline McCain, McCann was on holiday with her parents at the Ocean Club in Praia de Luz, Portugal. And she was only three years old at the mm-hmm. time. Madeline's parents go to dinner that night with a group of friends. So they were on this holiday with a few different groups of friends who also had other kids. And that evening, the parents wanted to do dinner, but it was on site. Like it was at the resort. Yeah. And the kids were put to bed prior to dinner and the parents were taking shifts, checking in on the kids mm-hmm. in the different apartments. So Madeline and her two younger twin siblings stayed in the apartment that was only 100 yards away from where the parents were eating. Okay. So not like right outside their door, but also not far. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the groups had a plan to rotate checking on all their children that evening. And when it was Kate McCann's turn, Madeline's mom, she noticed her daughter was gone. And this was around 10 p.m. The twins were still there, though. So immediately the police were called and the staff joined to search for Madeline. So Kate noticed she was gone, came running out back to the restaurant and was like, she's missing, she's gone, someone took her. And really quick after that, the police were called and staff of the resort started looking for Madeline. And they looked for her until the next morning. So essentially like all through the night. Mm -hmm. And in the following days, the search continued and hundreds of volunteers joined the search and but there was no forced entry to the apartment and the police announced on may 12th that they believe madeline was abducted but was still alive okay so i think what they did notice was that the door the bedroom door had been ajar or had been open when kate thought she had left it closed and there was a window in there that appeared like the shutters appeared to be open oh so i don't okay. know if they were like wood shutters that you like you yeah know, kind of cutesy cottagey and the door was open. And the door to the room was open, but the apartment door was unlocked because these parents were rotating. So there was oh, really no need to force your way in. It right. was unlocked. So the apartment door was unlocked. Yeah. And then the bedroom door was open when Kate, the parents said that they had closed it. Got it. Yeah. So. Um, I didn't know that detail that the door, they didn't lock the door. Yeah. I know. Probably not smart. No. So the night of Madeline's disappearance, another parent from that group had noticed a man carrying a child around 9.15 p.m. when she did her rounds. And when she when when she did her rounds of the kids, but she like must have already seen the McCann kids and then was going to see the other ones. And then she saw a man carrying a child at 9.15 
and this man became the main suspect. But six years later, he was actually determined to be a British holiday maker. I don't know what holiday maker means. Me either. Um, who was he, and he was carrying his daughter home from the resort. So okay. I think he maybe worked there or something, and maybe his daughter was there. So what she saw was true, but it wasn't Madeline. Um, so after that first man was dismissed, another man was seen that night carrying a young child that appeared to match Madeline's description, which is just really interesting. Yeah. Two men carrying, like, girls, like, asleep. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. But it maybe at, weird. at a resort that kind of makes sense if your kid falls asleep at dinner or something. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It, it feels weird in hindsight. It does. And this man appeared to be uncomfortable holding the child and didn't appear to be a tourist. So it didn't feel like very natural that he was carrying mm-hmm. this girl. So in June of that year, the search continues, but the Portuguese police chief admits that vital forensic clues may have been destroyed as the scene was not protected properly. This included not securing the apartment room, uh, not securing evidence, and dusting for fingerprints without gloves on, which is like... How? How many stories <laughs> do we hear about this? Like yeah. that the, the scene is not secured. Um, other mistakes made included not giving descriptions of Madeline for many hours to the officers and staff when they were searching for her. So they were like, look for a little girl, but her no one described yeah. what she looked like or what she was wearing. Um, there was no house-to-house search for houses in the area, and roadblocks weren't put in place until 10 a.m. the next morning. Mm. So could have gotten away very easily. Yeah. Um, and the parents were eventually looked at as suspects, and I'll get into that uh, next. So I've already kind of touched on the suspects, but there is like three or four main suspects to the story. So the first suspect, 12 days after her disappearance, Robert Murat, or Murray maybe, 35, became the first suspect. Uh, he was living at his mother's house only 150 yards from the apartment, which the McCann family was staying in. Oh, sorry. I was thinking this was the guy carrying the girl. It's not. He mm. was dismissed. But this is another guy. So he was he named. That just lived close by. Lived close by. Okay. He was named a suspect suspect after reaching out to a journalist asking for details about the case. So I think he was just being really nosy. And it was kind of like, why are you asking so many yeah. questions? And like. Um, people that commit heinous crimes like this, it's actually like a large percent of them do try to get involved with the press. Yes. And try to get involved with the case. Yeah, and they help with searching. Yeah. yeah super strange. Um, so also the staff from the resort claimed that they had seen uh, Murat outside of the apartment shortly after the disappearance of Madeline. So they mm. saw him walking around that night. Um and on May 15th, Murat's home was searched, the pool was drained, cars, computers, and phones were examined, and his garden was searched, but nothing was found to link him to Madeline's disappearance. Mm-hmm. So maybe just kind of a suspicious guy, but likely didn't have anything to do with it. Another suspect was described as men behaving uh, odd that day near the resort or and near the apartment that Madeline was staying in. The police believe these men were had engaged in the abduction or burglary as or sorry, I have that mixed up. The police believe these men were engaged in burglaries around that area at that time because oh, okay. there had been other reports. So then they thought maybe they were also involved in the abduction of Madeline. And did the McCanns get burglar burglarized? At I don't all? think there was 
uh, any indication that they were also burglarized. Okay. I think Maddie was really the only thing missing. So, yeah, so there had been an increase in burglaries in the area between January and May of 2007. And these men were reportedly collecting money for charity for an orphanage nearby. So they would not only burglarize, but then they would also ask people for donations for a charity when, or for this orphanage, which didn't even exist. Oh so my they God. were just stealing money. Yeah. Con artists. Um, and then that didn't really go anywhere as well. Um, and then the McCanns, so the parents, became I remember this. Yes. So the, me- the media began to turn on the parents in June of 2007, so like soon after the disappearance, after being accused of having inconsistent stories and that the sighting of the first man carrying that child, who was the holiday maker, was they claim like the media was claiming that they made that up even though it kind of sounds like they had but this was they didn't confirm that till six years later so if this was in june of 2007 yeah they're accusing them that they didn't actually see a guy oh i see um and also something i saw which is just absurd to me is that people thought they were suspicious for being so involved in the media about their daughter's case when really I feel like the media is what helps solve a lot of cases. Yeah, it gets it gets the word out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like look what happened with Gabby Petito. Like the whole world knew about her being missing. Yeah, and it probably can go both ways. It's probably a fine line of, yeah, trying to get on the media and make up a story or whatever, but also yeah, raising like awareness. Balloon Boy, the Hulk. Are you talking about like people? <laughs> what? <laughs> like. Casey Anthony, I think, was in the media a lot. Yes. I'm talking about, like, people making up stories to get in the news. No. Like, Balloon Boy. I don't know what that is. You don't know what Balloon Boy is? No. No? No. Are you going to tell me? I. It was all over the news. We must have been, like... Is this, like, the piggyback bandit? No. <laughs> we should talk about that story, though. Yeah, we'll tell it next time on the, the balloon pod. Balloon Boy. I, I don't remember it exactly, but I... I'm pretty sure, like, there was a a big balloon in the air with, like, a box attached. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember certain details. But his parents went to the media and was like, my son's in that balloon. Oh, my God. And it turns out he wasn't in there. It was just a hoax. You don't know what I'm talking about? That that doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't. Oh, my gosh. I need to Google when Balloon Boy happened. It's hilarious. I'm Googling right now. (sighs) Balloon Boy. When was it? 2009. So we were freshmen in high school. What the heck? Do they even have a son? Balloon Boy hoax. Occurred on October 15, 2009 when a homemade helium-filled gas balloon shaped to resemble a silver flying saucer was released into the atmosphere above Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, His parents claimed... That their six-year-old son, Falcon, was trapped inside. Authorities confirmed the balloon reached 7,000 feet high during its 90-minute flight. The event attracted worldwide attention, and Falcon was named Balloon Boy in the media. The National Guard helicopters and local police pursued the balloon after flying for more than an hour and approximately 50 miles. The balloon landed about 12 miles northeast of the Denver airport, where Falcon was not inside. And... It was reported that an object had been seen falling from the balloon and a search had begun. Later that day, 
<laughs> later that day, the boy was found hiding in the attic in his home, and he had been there the whole time. Did the parents know he was there? Did th- did the parents genuinely think he was in the balloon? <laughs> I have so that, many questions. That's such a good question. I don't know. That is absurd. No, that's not what I was talking <laughs> about. I think, like, what I'm talking about is... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just, like, told a whole other yeah, story. Yeah, you did. That was hilarious. Um, comment if you've heard of Balloon Boy. I'm sure everybody has. Well, it was, like, all over the news. Like, they were, like, tracking, like, Balloon Boy. <laughs> and it was, like, a silver flying saucer. And also, like, why do they have such a large balloon and helium? <laughs> There's only a limited amount of helium. We shouldn't be giving that out. True. Okay. Okay. Anyway, continue. No, that's not what I was talking about. But thank you for sharing. Yes. Um. So right now we're looking at the McCanns as suspects. So there were speculations that the McCanns and another couple on the vacation together at the resort were swingers, and they had been sedating their children at night, and all the adults in that group had taken a pact of silence. Yes, I remember that story. Yeah. And the story inconsistencies could be linked through the fact that the parents were... Okay, so essentially they're like, their stories are so inconsistent, they have to be suspects. But here's an idea of why they were so inconsistent. It was that the parents were asked questions in Portuguese, which were then translated because they didn't Mm. speak Portuguese. They were translated to English or British. Then they would answer in British, and they were translated back to Portuguese, and then written down, and then verbally translated back again for the interviewees to sign the statements. So they'd be like, this is my statement. Great, we'll write it down. And then they'd read it again and be like, is this correct? Right. Yeah. So it's like there's so much probably lost in translation. Yeah. Um, And then it was also speculated that Madeline had died on accident in the apartment and the parents were trying to cover it up. Uh, and as of 2010, the investigators thought Madeline had died from some sort of a- accident in the apartment. So they initially mm. were like, she's missing, she's alive. Okay, now she's missing, we don't know if she is. Okay, I think something happened in the apartment and the parents are covering it up. Was there, like, physical evidence to attest to that? Yeah, so dogs were brought in. Mm. And they alerted in the apartment at the resort and in the bedroom. So they alerted on the couch in the living room. Apparently, I don't know if it was, I read something that it was like blood, the smell of blood that they were alerting to, but I don't know if physically there was like blood found. Like it was really trace amounts. Yeah. And they also found the scent of human remains in the apartment, Mm -hmm. in her bedroom. And then let's see what else. I think... So they also searched another, like once the parents had left the resort and were staying in another apartment, they had the dogs search that apartment and the dog found human remains smell on some of Madeline's clothes. And then finally there was like a lineup of a bunch of cars and the dogs were smelling and they alerted to human remains in the McCann's car. Oh, wow. So yeah, there's some evidence that, maybe something happened and i don't know i trust those dogs yeah they're smart Mm -hmm. they're really 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 smart Mm -hmm. um okay so finally 
In July of 2008, after a lot of back and forth and issues with the investigations, the parents were removed from the suspect list. Mm. So I don't really know what happened if they just felt like that wasn't enough evidence to continue to pursue them or what that looked like. So the head, I was reading that the head investigator, the Portuguese investigator, he was also eventually removed from the case because he was like so zeroed in on the parents and I think was kind of had tunnel vision and wasn't looking at other options. So he was eventually removed and later wrote a book about why he thought it was the parents. I don't remember what it's called. But and then I think the parents like tried suing him for defamation. So it's kind of been a really botched case. Yeah. So then I looked up kind of the most recent details and what's going on because I watched the Netflix documentary, but I think that was a couple years ago. Yeah. And I don't quite remember everything from it, but kind of the gist of what I just told. And the latest update is that and this was in 2020. Um, that a team working on a documentary for a German TV channel says they found evidence which reveals suspect Christian B was near the holiday resort around the time Madeline went missing. And uh, he claims he worked at the resort and phone records show he was also near the apartment at the time of the abduction. But I'm wary of phone records after listening to the Adnan side yeah. case. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. He was probably at least in the area. Mm-hmm. And right now, he's actually serving 15-month prison sentence for drug dealing. Well, this is in 2020. So he was serving a 15-month prison sentence for drug dealing and is appealing a conviction from 2005 for the rape of a 72-year-old American woman who was also staying at that same resort that Madeline went missing at. Oh, my God. So that's the latest updates. I haven't... I couldn't find anything more recent. Um about him or where that went but he seems like he should be looked into for sure at the very least i mean he has connections to the resort and has a violent record with someone Mm -hmm. there so yeah it's really sad and then i did see something very recently i can't remember where probably tiktok (laughs) i read an article Uh, yep (laughs) exactly (laughs) That they were actually going to be closing the case soon because they were out of funding to continue oh. to look into the disappearance of Madeline McCann. So that's obviously really sad. And I don't think they've officially closed it, but it sounded like the funds were dwindling and something would maybe have to happen. Super sad. Super so sad. So her, her remains or her... Never found. <sighs> Doesn't that blow your mind? Yeah. It just, like, there's no closure. Yeah. So what do you think, I guess, after your research? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's really suspicious that the dogs had those scents alerted. And I don't know, like, a ton about the dog scents, but I think they're fairly accurate. Yeah, I would have to look into, like... the science behind the dogs yeah. to form an opinion on that, but I think so too. <laughs> yeah. With a, with a uh, non-expert opinion. Yeah. I don't know. They just, her parents seem so innocent, but it's like, what? Okay. I don't yes, know. That just like the circumstances is, seem so weird. This is what kind of gets me going with the parents. And I don't have a completely formed opinion either, but like mm-hmm. how irresponsible of you, mm-hmm. like, Yes, you're on vacation, and yes, you're with other groups of parents trying to have fun. Yeah. But it was like, it wasn't just a dinner. 
Yeah. And even if it was just a dinner, that's inappropriate to yeah. leave your kids like that. Yeah. Um, because they're young kids. Yeah. They're not ten years old and can put themselves to bed. Like this yep. is a three year old. Yeah. And the twins were even younger. Yes, this is correct. So this was like an all night drinking dinner. Yeah. Like they were gonna be out. Like, yeah. They were having fun. Yeah, they were having fun. Like, very irresponsible. Yeah. Hire a babysitter. There were staffed babysitters, I'm pretty sure. Really? Like, I think you could have hired yeah. a babysitter. Hire a babysitter or bring the kids, have a kid's table right next to you. Yeah. Like, or bring the kids there. Like, you're a parent and your kids come first. Yes. It comes above you putting them to bed and going out to dinner and checking on them once yeah. an hour. Yeah. That really gets me going. And I know I'm... I'm not a parent right now, and when I am a parent, I Maybe, won't be yeah. the perfect parent. But that's not acceptable. My, my mom never did anything like that. Yeah, I have an experience, like, my parent, we were at, we were at my aunt's wedding, and this was out in Portland, and the kids were in the hotel room, and the parents were down at the hotel bar drinking and okay. hanging out. But, like, we could call them, and we were not little. Like yeah. I was in eighth grade. Oh, that's so, you know what so I mean? different. So it's like, and we could walk down to the lobby to go find them if we needed in to. In eighth grade, you could babysit. Yes. Like I was 13 and babysitting. Yeah. A literal baby. And hotel rooms <laughs> are locked. Yeah. So. But anyway, regardless, like you are older. Like yes. you're not a three-year-old and a two and one-year-old. Like that's where I can't imagine becomes, leaving babies. Yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah. So that's where I'm like, what were you super thinking? Super irresponsible. Yeah, I don't know their involvement. The dogs are super sus, um, and kind of the changing stories, but also yeah, with like language that becomes an issue, um, and then it was like a media circus around them. Like mm-hmm. the media was out to get them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how I felt after I watched the documentary on them. I felt like they weren't guilty. Is that I think how... that's kind of what I remember. Yeah. And I was just really sad. Yeah, it was a it really was sad documentary. Yeah. So, yeah, that new suspect is super interesting. Super, super interesting. Yeah, because I feel like resorts could be targets for kidnapping mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I just wish there was DNA mm-hmm. that they collected. Maybe there is that we don't know about, but it sounds like their they did investigation but, of the hotel was kind of botched. Yes, there was DNA they found, but they found so many different di- types of DNA because it wasn't secured. Right. So it kind of became a wash. Because with how DNA technology is changing now, yeah. I wish there was DNA yep. that could point us in yep. a direction for them. 100%. Yeah. <sighs> I know. Such a sad story. It is sad. Like, I'm not, you know, if it wasn't the parents, they made a mistake that yes. was yep. deadly. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I understand parents make mistakes, but, like, that's, like, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. And wh- why did they think that they were drugging the children or sedating I them? couldn't remember. I, cu- I couldn't I couldn't remember if, did they talk about that on the Netflix I, documentary? I think so, okay. yeah. I don't remember from the Netflix documentary, and it didn't go into details in, like, the three different articles I was reading yeah, about it. Yeah, because I remember that piquing my interest. And then, like, maybe... And they tested... I read something that they, like, tested some of the kids, but it was, like, 30 days later for a sedating drug. I'm mm. like, that's not going to do anything. No. Wow. Really sad. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Super weird. I hate oh, cases I hate that aren't cases closed. That, yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, there's just too many. Yep. Yep. 
All right. Well, I'm going to get into my story, which is... Liz. I don't know if it's any lighter. And it's, oh, God. <laughs> okay. It's a happy story. Okay. Because it's inspiring. Okay. It's somewhat... It has to do with Russia. So it's, you know, obviously with Russia and their war on Ukraine right now, it's like, that's very dark. Yep. So I'm going to tell the story of Dmitry Muratov, and I'm not Russian and don't have any Russian backgrounds. I don't know how to pronounce any of these names or places, so please excuse me. Yeah. But Dmitry, or Muratov, is his last name. It was a Russian journalist that won the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, okay. And my sources this week are the nobelprize.org or www.nobelprize.org, Wikipedia, and NPR, NPR.org. And I actually visited the Nobel Peace Prize Center in Stockholm. Oh, cool. Oh, wait. Oslo. Sorry, Oslo. Very cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, my it was gosh. was fascinating. Um, okay, so Dmitry or Muratov was awarded the Peace Prize jointly in 2021 with Maria Reza. They were both awarded the Peace Prize for their efforts in journalism in Russia for Dmitry and the Philippines for Maria. Okay. I'm going to focus on Dmitry or Maritov, um, but Maria in the Philippines had like groundbreaking work. Okay. Uh, with the with journalism there, like cool. shining lights on yeah. dark spots in the government and whatnot. Okay. So today we're going to focus on Dmitry Maritov. He was born in 1961. Uh, in the USSR, which is now Russia. Yep. And he won the prize for his efforts to safeguard freedom of expression, which is a precondition for democracy and lasting peace. Mm-hmm. Muratov started out as a journalist for Soviet newspapers. Um, and then after the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991, he and other journalists co-founded the newspaper Novaya Gazeta which soon became the leading advocate for democracy and freedom of expression in Russia. So they literally like founded their own newspaper. Wow. And so it's not state media. It's like freedom of information media. Yeah. And it's in Moscow. Okay. So that's where the office is located. Yeah. Okay. The Soviet Union's last leader and 1990s Nobel Peace Prize laureate, uh, Mikhail Gorbivich supported the newspaper financially and became the co-owner in 2006. Mm-hmm. Mr. Muratov, who is the Nobel Peace Prize winner, has been editor-in-chief for the uh, for most years since 1995, which is when I was born. A year <laughs> of the um, rooster? Nope. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the dog. I feel like it's a pig for some reason. Mm, bummer. Pigs are this one of the smartest animals. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Under Mr. Muratov's leadership, Novaya Gazeta has criticized the Russian authorities for corruption, electoral fraud, and human rights violations. Six of the newspaper's journalists have been murdered mm. because they wrote about critical articles on Russian military operations. So it's like, yeah. it's dangerous. It's a dangerous profession over there. Yes. So the best known of them is Anna Politikozovska. Okay. Okay. Got it. Not not elaborating on her last name, but she was like a famous um, journalist and was edit. uh, Oh, and she was 
shot in her apartment executed because yeah, of okay. her she died yeah, yeah because of her work so as editor-in-chief mr muratov has on several occasions criticized russia's annexation of crimea in 2014 and the government's use of military force both in and outside russia so he studied initially journalism in the soviet union um, and he actually worked for the Soviet army for a while before joining the Novaya Gazeta, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, he was a communication equipment security specialist. Mm, okay. Uh, and then he quickly discovered like journalism was what he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. it started uh, succeeding greatly in it. Mm-hmm. In 1993, Muratov and 50 plus other colleagues from the original newspaper that he started at left that that newspaper to start their own paper, the Novea Gazada. Okay. Their goal was to create a publication that was an honest, independent, and rich source for the citizens of Russia. The newspaper's mission is to conduct in-depth investigations into human rights issues, corruption, and abuse of power. The Gazeta's newsroom started out with only two computers, two rooms, one printer, and no salary for any of the employees. Wow. So they left like a paying position. They're passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so former Soviet president generously donated some of his Nobel Peace Prize money to pay for salaries and com- computers for the paper. And then Muratov himself helped to create the Novaya Gazeta where he was named deputy press editor. The Gazeta is known as one of the only truly critical newspapers with national influence in Russia today by the Committee to Protect Journalists. Okay. I didn't even know there was, like, any there. Yeah, I guess I... But when Russian citizens are listening to state media... Yeah. And they're they're saying everything else is false. Yeah. Maybe the Gazeta looks like... Infowars yes. to them. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, like yeah. a, a crazy newspaper. Yep. I don't know, but I'm just speculating. Yeah. Um, Muratov often reports on sensitive topics, including human rights violations, high-level government corruption, abuse of power. His bol- political beliefs, such as supporting freedom of press, has led to conflict with fellow journalists and the government. Um, after many articles exposing the corrupt Russian world, Muratov and the Gazeta were both targeted um, with threatening deliveries of severed or severed ram's heads Ugh. and funeral flowers to the newspaper's yeah, offices. That's threatening. Yeah. Uh, Muratov stepped down from the paper in 2017, citing the exhausting nature of running the paper. And he had spent over 20 years as editor-in-chief. However, he was just briefly not editor-in-chief and quickly resumed his position in 2019 after the paper's staff voted for his return. Got it. So I don't know if he was, like, wanting to stay yeah. off of it. And they voted, like, no, like, no sorry. <laughs> it's you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he's back. Um, so the paper struggles to now cover Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine as the Russian armed forces fired on Kiev, Kharkiv, and many other cities and towns. Martov went on social media vowing that the paper would publish its next issue in Ukrainian as well as Russian. Got it. So they're trying to figure out a way to like yeah. cover this. Yep. 
in an interview with the New Yorker, Muratov stated, we in no way support this war. Our office managers brought in body armor and helmets from the warehouse, which had been laying idle for several years now. The pressure on the Novaya, Gazeta, and other media began immediately. It's got to the point of absurdity. We received an order to ban the use of the words war, occupation, and invasion. Mm. However, we will continue to call war, war. Yeah. We are waiting for the consequences. He has announced he will auction off his Nobel Peace Prize medal to raise money for Ukrainian refugees. And that's how I actually heard about this story. Because my dad sent an article to our family group chat saying, it was an article saying that he's auctioning off his yeah metal. oh my gosh uh so novea gazetta and i have decided to donate the 2021 noble nobel peace prize medal to the ukrainian refugee fund he wrote um there are over 10 million refugees i asked the auction houses to respond and put up auction for this famous world famous award uh, wow. He also called on Russia to stop combat fire, exchange pr- prisoners, and provide humanitarian corridors and assistance. Yeah. And also release the bodies of the dead and support mm. refugees. So as of right now, he he literally just announced that yeah, he's okay. doing that. Um, but he's still editor-in-chief wow. of this newspaper. It's still up and running yeah. in Moscow. Wow. And he's donating his... Uh, metal to help support the refugees as well which is just like so inspiring that is like isn't there kind of this unwritten rule that journalists are kind of like safe people like obviously yes in because like in america yeah yeah but not in uh, not in russia but when american journalists will go abroad and they're like on the scene of the war it's like how do they get all this access because i feel like there is kind of this unwritten worldly view of journalists that like i don't know like the details on that exactly but it's just the vibe i get yes yes so then the fact that they've had six murdered in russia by russia yes is disturbing so there are like rules about journalism and, and freedom of press and stuff yeah and especially in countries that have a democracy yeah there is freedom of press yep but russia does not have a democracy correct so there's no freedom of press there yeah makes sense so that's actually like i just like am wondering like because sometimes i'm like can the russian do the russian people know what's happening yeah um and i don't know if like because they have they're even blocked on like facebook and twitter from like viewing things and their messages are blocked and and stuff like that but if this newspaper is out there and they have access to it it might even seem just like so far-fetched that it's not true it might feel like one of those like crazy newspapers that we have here or what if people are like don't read that you don't want to get in trouble like we just don't want to be affiliated with that yeah because you know the government's crazy and strict over there yeah so totally it might not be taken as a truthful or reliable source of news. And it's it's um, known around the world as the most reliable source of news in Russia. Yeah. So it's crazy that like but yeah, you its don't peers know. around the world can confirm that it is. But the people there maybe don't know that. Yes. Yep. <sighs> I can it's see that. It's crazy. But he's doing such good work. That's amazing. Um, rooting for him. Yeah. And... Again, putting um, Ukrainian links in our bio of the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, there's a link that will take you to 
all these different places that you can choose to donate or learn more information or anything i'll put that in the link in this this podcast as well but just hearts go out to everybody that's negatively impacted by this situation yeah yeah i yeah it's terrible it's really sad it is and I like this isn't necessarily like the happiest story, but it's inspiring. Hundred percent, and this guy's doing the right thing. Yeah, and it's very selfless. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, it's and like freedom of press is so important. Yes, and it is not um a walk in the park. Like this is dangerous. Yes, and it can be dangerous for people. You know reporters going to ukraine to cover yes. the situation or in afghanistan or like yes literally like well i think a u.s journalist died in ukraine yeah 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 so it's a dangerous yeah. job and freedom is not free yeah it's, it's really sad yep. yeah thanks for sharing that that's super inspiring i had not seen um anything about selling the the metal yeah. in order to raise money that's so cool um yeah thanks for thanks for sharing yes of course um really you know looking forward to some uplifting survivor after this yeah yeah we're gonna get some friends have some food and turn off our brains for a little yes. bit yes <laughs> we have the privilege of doing that yes and we recognize that. yes <laughs> all right y'all thanks for listening Thank this you. week we love you smash that subscribe button <laughs> smash it smash that rate button spotify just uh, released a star rate uh button that you can rate our podcast five stars on spotify rate it it five stars on apple Podcasts. leave us a review and we love you have a great rest of your week and stay happy as happy as you can be okay bye. bye